As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. I'm so glad that you've let us come right into your space. And before we go any further, I want to tell you that if you need prayer, call us or send us your email. The moment the phone rings or your email shows up in our inbox, our team is going to begin to really pray for you. If you've ever called us and asked for prayer, you know that we really are people of prayer and we believe what the Bible says. In Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things. We'll call out to God in faith with you and God will move mightily in your life. I believe that. And we want you to have the download which is called God's Hall of Faith. It's 10 lessons. This is free. Just go to renner.org. You can get it right now, and it's huge. It is loaded with so much revelation and information. Please go get it. Hey, guys, I work really hard to prepare this for you because I want you to have it. So get yours right now at renner.org. And when you go there, you can order the whole series, God's Hall of Faith. This will be great for you, great for a friend, great for one of your children, great for a Bible study group. It's just magnificent. We go into real detail about all the characters in Hebrews chapter 11 that were so unlikely to be commemorated as heroes of faith. Most of them in life really struggled, and yet they are in Hebrews chapter 11 as heroes of faith. And we're also offering you sparkling gems from the Greek. All right, Sparkling Gems, volume number one, and Sparkling Gems, volume number two. Sparkling Gems are amazing books. Right now, I'm rereading Sparkling Gems, number one, and I'm getting a lot of use out of it. In fact, I'm even using it for our daily programs, our daily prayer programs that we do in Russian. And I just want to say one more time, thank you so much for putting the work into it, volume one and the work into volume two. Now, once I get done with volume one right now, I'm going to start reading volume two also. So get into this. This will be very, very helpful for you and for your own spiritual life. Now, Paul, when people see the size of those books, hold them up one more time, they get a little intimidated. Is it intimidating, Paul? Not at all. In fact, it's very easy to read. Volume one right now that I'm reading is very easy to read. You open it up to whatever day of the week it is, whatever day of the year it is. So, for instance, I just opened up to July 30th. It's a daily devotional. You, you just read a little bit every day. You immediately find the verse. It's very easy to read. A few pages on one verse. It does not take a lot of time, but it will benefit your spiritual life. Thank you, Paul. Hey, Maxine, welcome. I'm happy to be here, home group. Hello, and it's such an honor, honor for me, Pastor Rick, to be a part of your home group and learn from you. You know, every night after home group, Denise and I go to bed pretty quick. And um, But when I wake up every morning, I read all your comments. So if you have a comment, please write it. I'll see your comments. Some of you are with us every day, and you read comments every day. Thank you so much. But a lot of people comment about you, Maxine. People really like you. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, we like you, and we're Thank glad you. that you're here. Thank you. And Sister Renner, we're glad you're here. You're very pretty tonight in your pearls. Well, thank you, Rick. And I want to welcome you, home group. We're so glad to be with you, and it's such an honor to really have this time with you. And I know you're excited about learning about those in the Hall of Faith. And Rick, I was looking through here just really fast, and all all of them 
all struggled. Oh, they all struggled, but they all ended up in victory. And they all ended up in victory, and they all had to push through. Well, I want to say one reason why Denise has been stuck in our house. We've all been stuck in our house because of snow. Last Friday, Moscow had a record snow, the most snow in 165 years in a single day. And you know, Denise, when we go home and look at our windows, it looks like we are in the middle of central Siberia. Somebody asked me today, how much snow do you all have? I said, well, how much do you have? They said, oh, we might have an inch or two. I said, okay. <laughs> we have feet of snow. I mean, feet. I think we have at least three feet of snow. Well, when you said we look at our windows, I had to laugh because the window has snow covering it this far. And Paul, you showed me your house the other night. <laughs> I had to go out and clean snow from my roof. It was over five feet of snow on one section of my roof, and I was beginning to worry that it was too much weight for my roof, so I had to get out and go on my roof and clean the snow, and so me and my son had fun together. And Maxime, you had to work in your driveway. Yes, yes sir. On Friday night when I got home, I couldn't get inside of our parking lot. I had to leave my car outside, so there was so much snow. Anyway, we are really enjoying the Russian winter, and we think it's beautiful, just beautiful. But hey, open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Now, get ready, guys. This is going to be good tonight. Hebrews chapter 10 addresses people that are struggling in their faith. And the reason they're struggling is because persecution came that they did not anticipate. They lost their homes. They lost their jobs. They lost their money. Some of them lost their family members. They can't even find everybody. And they've been waiting and waiting and waiting and standing in faith, saying, God's going to turn this around. We declare by faith the gospel's good news. Things are going to turn around. God's going to heal us, bless us, prosper us. But time is just keeping to go by and by and by and by and by. They're not healed. They're not blessed. They're not prospered. And they're beginning to wonder, like people always do, why hasn't the answer come? We've believed. We've believed. We've confessed. We've been bold. We've been confident. If this thing was going to happen, it should have happened by now. And they're so discouraged, they're thinking about just walking away from it all. And that often happens to people when they get tired and when they've waited a long time. They just get tired and they begin to rationalize, you know what, well, God's not going to do this. I mean, there's been plenty of time for God to do this. I've believed, I've stood in faith, it was going to happen. It would have happened by now. Maybe we ought to just shuck this whole deal and just move on. So the writer of Hebrews, and we don't know who is the writer of Hebrews, but the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 10, verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Now, if you have a pen tonight or a pencil, either underline or circle those two words, cast not away. In Greek, this is based on the Greek word apo, balo. It's a compound of two words. The word apo means away. The word bala means to throw something like a ball or a rock. But when you compound the two words together, it means to throw away, to discard, to shuck, to get rid of, to walk away from it. And the best example of this word in the New Testament is in Mark 10, verse 50. Listen to what it says. And blind Bartimaeus, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. In Mark 10, 50, casting away is the same word that we just saw in Hebrews 10, verse 35. And here was the situation with blind Bartimaeus. He's sitting by the side of the road, 
and he's stuck. He can't move because his legs are wrapped in a garment. Jesus is walking by. He wants to get up and go. He wants to move, but he can't move. He's stuck. He's paralyzed where he is because his legs are wrapped in a garment. And when the Bible says casting away his garment, that's real pretty King James, but it really means he was sick of that garment being on his legs. He grabbed it and said, get this off of me. I'm not going to sit here any longer. I've been stuck here long enough. I want to get up. I want to move. And he grabbed the garment and threw it away. He hurled it away from him as if it was something that was hindering his life. Now carry that over into Hebrews 10 verse 35. These believers were saying, you know what? We're sick and tired of this. We're stuck. We've been stuck in this place of faith, believing and believing for a fantasy that may never come to pass. And they were tempted to just shuck it all and walk away from their faith. And the writer of Hebrews says, don't do it. You've waited too long. You've got too much invested. And notice it says, cast not away therefore your confidence. The word confidence is the Greek word parousia. I'm going to read to you from my notes. The word parousia depicts a bold, frank, forthright kind of speech. It depicts confidence or one that is audacious or emboldening. It is a daring to speak what one believes or thinks without hesitation, possibly even in the face of retribution. It means boldness, assurance, unashamed confidence. It is a frankness of speech that accompanies unflinching authority which tells us faith is not quiet. Faith speaks. They hadn't just been sitting there silently believing. They had been declaring their faith. God's going to restore everything. We're going to be healed. Everything's going to be all right. They've been declaring it confidently like faith does. Faith always speaks, but not seeing any results. And now they're saying, you know what? This has gone on long enough. It's time just to shuck this whole deal. And the writer of Hebrews says, don't do it because your confidence has great recompense of reward. The word recompense of reward is a very long Greek word, which depicts, listen to this guys, are you ready? Money, salary, or a payment that is due. It is primarily used to denote a payment, salary, or reward given for a job performed. It describes a recompense, a reimbursement, a settlement, or reparation. It means to be reimbursed for an expense a person has paid out of his own pocket in order to get a job done, which means the writer of Hebrews was basically saying, if you will hang on and continue to boldly confess your faith in God and His Word, payday will come. Then he says, God's going to reimburse you. That word means to reimburse. Well, when you go on a business trip and you use your own debit card or credit card, when you get back to the office, you are reimbursed for your expenses. This word also describes a reimbursement. God is going to reimburse you for your time. He's going to reimburse you for your faith. He's going to reimburse you for your investment, reimburse you for the money that you spent out of your pocket. God is keeping records. And if you will stay in a place of faith, a day of reimbursement is coming. Payday is coming when God, who is the great paymaster, is going to recompense you for your faith. Denise? 
Oh, this is so encouraging because, because he, our, what we do for him, what we believe, it's not in vain. He sees every step of faith that we take, and it's a witness to him. You know, it's a witness to him if you believe for two weeks or two months or two hours and you get your miracle. But it's a witness to him if you... You hear your word, you get your promise, you know who God is, you know what you want, you know what you believe, and you stay in there, in the fight, and you don't give up. It's a witness to him. But you know, many people give up right when they're about to be paid, Mm -hmm. right when they're about to be recompensed. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't shuck it. Don't discard your faith in the position that you've held because payday is almost here. Rick, I have to say something. Denise? Because I get really encouraged by Elijah. And you know what Elijah did. He killed all those prophets. He called town fire on sacrifices. He outran a chariot. He uh, spoke to the heavens and had rained in three and a half years, and it rained. And then he heard from Jezebel that she was going to kill him the next day, and he, he ran. He was afraid. He was up and down, up and down, up and down. And he, it says he went under a juniper tree in the wilderness. And he said, God, kill me. But <laughs> do you know what? Elijah didn't know the future. Elijah was taken up into heaven. He didn't even die. He's one of the raptures in the Bible. He didn't even die. He was taken up into heaven in a chariot of fire. What if he'd given up right then? I'm just saying to somebody, it's not time to give up. It's time to keep pressing through. Well, that's why the next verse says, verse 36, for ye have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, have you ever been waiting for something to happen and you have waited and waited and waited? You've stood in faith and then somebody said to you, you just need to be patient. You know, you just feel like slapping that person right in the face because (laughs) how patient do you have to be? Well, that's what the writer of Hebrews said to these believers. They may not have been thrilled when they read that verse. He basically says, you guys need to be patient. Well, what does patient mean? It's the Greek word hupomene. Ay, 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 it is so powerful. Listen to this. The word hupomene means to stay or to abide in one place. It means to keep your position and to resolve that you're going to maintain the territory that you have gained, to be immovable until the thing prayed for is manifest. And in a military sense, it pictured soldiers who were ordered to maintain their positions even in the face of fierce combat. The word patience means, listen, to defiantly stick it out regardless of the pressure mounted against it, It is endurance, staying power, hang in their power. It is the attitude that holds out, holds on, outlasts, perseveres, and hangs in there, never giving up and surrendering every opportunity to quit. I just love that. That has to be our attitude. Well, well, I just saw something new. I've heard you preach on this before. But a, I just, couple of, a couple times. I'm actually having memories of you saying hupomene in, in several different churches right now. Immediately just kind of came to my mind. But we have hats with hupomene on them. So, so uh, 
I, I just thought something. So the, he's saying here in 35, cast not away your confidence, meaning that they were probably saying, this isn't working. Maybe God isn't doing what someone told us he would be That's doing. That's exactly what they were tempted to say. And instead of uh, speaking to them about what God is doing or what God isn't doing, he's saying, it's not, what, it's not about God. It's about you right now. You need patience. Quit blaming God for being slow or quit blaming God for not doing what someone told you he said he would do. You need patience. He's shifting the focus from our doubts to what we need to gain in God. But you know that word patience means to maintain territory that's been gained when it's under assault. When you're gaining territory, the enemy doesn't just sit by and say, well, look at them, they're gaining more territory. He comes to try to take it away from you. This word patience really is the attitude, it's stamina, it's durability. I'm not going to surrender the territory that I've gained. And I want to say to you, if you've been believing for your healing and believing and believing over a long period of time, you have gained too much territory to walk away from it. Do not walk away from what you've gained. Recompense of reward is right in front of you. What a moment to give up and walk away right when you're on the verge of receiving. In fact, verse 36 says, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The word receive is the Greek word komizo, which means to receive what is due, to receive what one has coming to him. If you've been standing in faith for healing, you have healing coming to you. If you've been standing in faith for your marriage to be healed, it's coming to you. If you've been standing in faith for your kids, what you've been believing for is coming to you unless you bail out and walk away. Don't do that. Don't do it. In fact, verse 37 says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. The word little is a Greek word, mikros. Okay, guys, what do we get from mikros? Something that is very small very small, microscopic, microscope, something, micros. It's the equivalent of saying, guys, you have waited and waited and waited and waited, and now in just a microscopic amount of time, compared to all the waiting you've already done, hardly no time is left. And the thing that you've been believing for, it's going to come to you, and it will not tarry. The Greek means it's not going to be delinquent. It's not going to be late. It's not going to be tardy. It's going to be right on time. And then in verse 38, he says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Draw back is a Greek word, hupostella, which means to shrink back. Listen to this. It pictures one who is withdrawing. He is retreating, regressing, receding, backing away, backsliding, or recoiling from something. And this kind of shrinking usually takes place gradually one step at a time as this person experiences a little discouragement and another discouragement. He begins to release his grip on his confession of faith. And furthermore, this phrase here translated, draw back, depicts one who is reversing his direction. It is the idea of moving backward instead of forward it means to back off and retreat from an object, a principle, or a task. And verse 39 importantly says, listen to this, but we are not of them that draw back unto perdition. The word perdition is the Greek word, <laughs> apoleia, 
which describes something that is ruined, rotten, and decomposing. Mm. It pictures the stench of a decaying animal or a dead body. It denotes a smell that is loathsome, putrid, vulgar, disgusting, nauseating, something that is in the process of perishing, something that is doomed, rotten, ruinous, or decaying. And this depicts what happens to people. And I've seen it over and over. People who once were strong in faith, strong in their confession, then they get discouraged, they retreat from their confession of faith, and when they retreat, they're no longer moving forward in life, they're moving backward in life, they're receding, and when they begin to recede, guess what happens? They become cynical about the walk of faith. Yeah, I once believed that. Yeah, I, I know all about that. Yeah, there was a time when I made silly confessions of faith. They become a stench. It's terrible. It's terrible. Better to stay in faith. And by the way, the word faith, the Greek word pistis, the way that it's used in the New Testament, it describes something that's moving forward. I say faith is like a bullet that's been shot out of the gun. It goes forward. And when you're moving in faith, you're always moving forward. When you're out of faith, you're receding. And the Bible says decomposing. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Well, I want to be of those that believe to the saving of the soul. I want to keep moving forward in my faith. How about you? Amen. After all you've done to believe for your marriage, after all the believing you've done for your finances and your kids and your health and your job and your life and your house and your car and everything else, why in the world would you give up now? The Bible says just a little while, micros, won't be that much longer. And the thing that you've been believing for, it will come and it will not tarry. Denise? I think this is so encouraging and that we should just take these words to heart and just say, Jesus, I hear what you're saying and I'm, I'm running. I'm running from laying down my faith. I am running towards you to believe you until the end. And just remember, if you're moving in faith, you're going forward. Mm -hmm. If you're out of faith, you're going backward. So measure yourself to see what you're doing. But remember that right now we're offering you the download, which is called God's Hall of Faith. It's 10 parts. It is free. Please go to renner.org to get yours right now. I'll be so blessed if you'll get it because I really worked hard for this to be prepared for you. And order the whole series called God's Hall of Faith. But when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to begin in Hebrews 11. Verse 1, which says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hmm. Many people call that the definition of faith. It's not a faith definition. That verse describes the behavior of faith. If you understand Hebrews 11, verse 1, you'll know if you're in faith or if you're out of faith. Don't miss tomorrow night. It's going to be powerful. But remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. We want to pray for you. If you need to be encouraged, we want to encourage you. So call us or send us your email and go to bed and sleep well. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.